All right, let's do a show. And welcome to the Star Wars Report Podcast. I'm your host and Imperial Dark Lord, Riley Bland. Merry Christmas, Sith Lords. I want to say something different than Sith Lords. Oh, nice. Uh, if you guys just had the... Uh, if this is a video show, you would see my guest for today with a Merry Sithmas shirt on. He didn't even know I was going to start the show that way, but uh, but let's go ahead and bring him in. It's Mr. Scott Reifen back on the Star Wars Report. Welcome, man. Hi, sir. Well, howdy. Well, howdy. Welcome back once again to the program, but you're not, you're not alone, and it's not just me either. We've also got him back from last week, the one-time producer <laughs> of the Star Wars Report podcast, <laughs> and all around a uh, fantastic and old Star Wars fan. It's Mr. Bruce Gibson. Welcome back to the show, sir. Hi, sir. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Um, you know, I had to get both of you guys on today because we're old. N- n- yeah, no, actually. Yeah, you- he didn't introduce you as old. He introduced me as old. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know why. A lot of old guy discussion last week too. So. Uh, we did we? What was the discussion? I don't even remember what I say on this I don't know, Bruce, show. I don't know, Bruce kept crawling into his old guy hole. Mm. Oh, stop it! No. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? I, <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, we were talking about uh, this past. No, Riley's complaining more than I was, though. No, oh. this is true. This is true. I just embrace it. I try to so listen. Here's the thing: we have uh, sometimes you just can't help yourself. Because they're just that crazy. Have you guys followed this week the the promo media and some backlash and what's been going on with Galactic Star Cruiser? I met the captain yesterday. You met the captain yesterday? Well, I saw the video where we got to meet the captain. Oh, you got to meet the captain. How is Janeway? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a video of the captain. I I uh, thought of her more as Holdo with a page boy. Wait, I haven't seen this. What are we talking about? Get ready, guys. This is going to be a fun. This is going to be a fun podcast episode. So, basically, they've been doing the sort of um, the lead media hype machine, or at least their attempt to, going up to the opening next year. Now, we've actually we've just crossed into the ninety day window for the opening of Galactic Star Cruiser, which is actually a very important detail that I'll I'll bring up. But a few weeks ago, before Thanksgiving, they had their first kind of like press day. Uh, our friend Amy Ratcliffe was actually uh, there on behalf of Nerdist and did a write-up. I'm going to read one or two excerpts from her coverage to revisit it. But really what landed like a cannonball in the shallow end of the Star Wars Twitter social media sphere uh, was this promo for Galactic Star, <laughs> for Galactic Star Cruiser. Take a listen. 
Dan Morrow. Hello there. I'm super excited to see what you and your team created. We cannot wait to have you aboard. Because so, all right, it's Anne Morrow Johnson, who's an executive producer over at Walt Disney Imagineering, uh, one of the leads on the Galactic Star Cruiser pro- um Project. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is a first-of-its-kind vacation experience where you get to spend two days and two nights living out your very own Star Wars story. Oh, I'm- so, and we have uh, Sean, uh, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly, Giambroni. That's what I'm going to call him, a Jabroni. Sure. Sean Jabroni from the Goldbergs. I've never watched the yeah. Goldbergs. I bet you do, Scott. I'm just guessing. No, no, no. You know, I watched it one time, and they were like, it was, it it was, you know, it's supposed to be nostalgic and an 80s throwback, but my problem was it seemed as if they believed the 80s all happened in one day. It, I think, that, well, they did, didn't they? Isn't that's that, the whole you, point. you were there. No. Oh, I thought that's how yeah, it worked. It's supposed to be vague. Like anything in the 80s, it's all at that It all period. happens at once. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not, I just, I wasn't down with that. Stranger Things is kind of like that too, though. They have a similar mm. sort of take on the era, I want to say. But, um, but no, I, so they have their sort of celebrity. Now, here's the thing. I have to, right now, I've got a, uh, an entire mug. I've actually boiled it down right here. It's a... I'm stirring it. A mug full of boiled crow that I'm about to eat slash drink because literally two weeks ago on this very show, I said, why are they getting Josh Jamaro and these Imagineers to do these promo videos? They should get like a fun celebrity and do like a more interactive <laughs> promo. Oops. <laughs> so I'm the so first person. I'm about to make fun of this advice. video. But I, they literally, it's like they took my advice. They're like, we'll get the guy from the Goldbergs. He kind of sounds like a nerd. <laughs> and so uh, I jumped ahead in the video. Uh, catch a glimpse of... The, and so here's the thing, though. Here's the, what the video is showing us for the first time is actually anything from inside the resort itself. All we've seen for like the last two freaking years are the same concept art <laughs> recycled over even in the press preview day like Amy Ratcliffe's Nerdist coverage IGN's coverage they had reporters there you know what you won't find in any of those blog pieces photos, photos. of anything <laughs> and so finally we're getting a little glimpse inside here and then there's activities you can do on here yeah there are activities on board the ship the first one that I'm really excited about is lightsaber training oh my here on My the bridge, we gosh. also invite all of our guests to do bridge operations training. And occasionally, this is where we can go to hyperspace. Punch it! Hyperspace! <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I just had to... I just did it. So what you see is the oh bridge. My gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So, oh but you gosh. see the, they're standing on the bridge, and he gets to flip the switch, and he goes to hyperspace. Uh, but then, as as they're walking sure through the, the hallways on board. Yeah. of the Enterprise, I mean so the Star Cruiser, this, this happens. Who is known throughout the galaxy for all? He's kind of sneaking out. He's like going to the little side hallway door here. He's kind of walks through, and he's oh, it's like a little cantina. It's like a. It's kind of like the Coruscant Club a little bit. Kinda. What's going on? I just popped through that door and I have no idea. <gasps> a purple tweet. Look above and see the world. <laughs> we get a song that no one wants to hear. Welcome to the holiday special. Uh, it's a uh, it's a purple Twi'lek in, in blue and regal robes. Wait, wait for it. Before your eyes, feel the swell. Oh, but the audience in the bar is just stunned. 
just enraptured. In, it's it's this surreal, magical, mysterious. Oh, oh. on screen it's canon there we go <laughs> mm. Jabba flow part two there's <laughs> um, a sad thing is i have this like cough and it's just making it so much worse so that's what they released so that's as you might this imagine a five thousand dollar resort for 48 hours <clears throat> actually it's about 43 hours if you do the math but anyway um <laughs> Because you check in like nine. Check in, <laughs> check out. Yeah. And anyway, so, but no, well, so, so here's what happens. And I'm going to walk us through the line of events here because well, it's, uh, there's a lot here, but Scott, you're going to say. Well, do, do yourself this favor. Okay. At some point, check out the Disney dish with Jim Hill podcast and Lynn Testa. Oh yeah. A couple of weeks ago, maybe a month, maybe a month and a half ago, he goes over the sample itinerary and basically shows that for your 5,000 bucks, you're going to get about 45 minutes of immersive role play experience. <laughs> so, is it real? It can't be that bad. It can't. I refuse to believe it's that bad. It's pretty bad. Well, so, so, so here's what happened. What happened was so this is uh, up on YouTube, which is an important detail, but it mm-hmm. doesn't exactly stay on YouTube. It wasn't even like negative reaction of people like hating on it. There were those like hating on it and be like, oh, Disney Star Wars, it sucks. It was, it was just, it became a meme. Spread like wildfire images of, of, and screenshots and moments and gifts from this just hilariously cringeworthy YouTube video. And, and, and here's the interesting thing because Disney has a history of very cringeworthy promo pieces where they get celebrities to do goofy things like Josh Gad trying to quote unquote break into galaxy's edge before it opens and they did it like as this skit sketch thing so they they were trying they've they've tried but the difference here is i think that instead of it being galaxy's edge or a new ride or attraction or restaurant they're trying to sell you that this is a luxury immersive experience but yet this is the way they've chosen to market it understand this i i do a giant Disney trip every other summer, mm-hmm. like nine days usually. Uh, and we eat dinner, you know, we don't skimp. We eat dinner at a nice restaurant every night mm-hmm. and we buy tons of souvenirs. We do it right. Yeah. Nine days every other summer. That trip usually costs about $5,000. <laughs> now yeah. you're talking about 48 hours or less. For $5,000. And a buddy of mine was pointing out, well, it's all booked up. It's booked up already. Don't worry about it. They'll be fine. And it's like, yeah, now. Mm. But how long is it going to stay booked up? Well, I have a little bit of an answer for you, my friend. Because, listen, there are some podcasts, some YouTube channels, folks, as you listen to this, as, as you listen to the Star Wars Report, that are just going just gonna to scratch the surface and repeat the talking points of the, the, the tribal, whiny yelling of social media fandom. But not here. Not here. I have in-depth research. I have... Actually. We have our own unique whiny tribal yelling. <laughs> yes, we do. No, um, the 
Well, and I think, and I, I actually want to talk to the, the booking piece of it because I think that makes a big difference because that's ultimately the measure of whether or not this thing is successful. Um, and so that's where this 90-day window becomes very important because this is how you book Galactic Star Cruiser. You pay 20% down, and then at 90 days out, you are required to pay the remainder or mm. elect to get a refund. We are now 84 days out from the first uh, booking. The first four months were booked out completely two weeks ago. As of today, you will find that is no longer the case. As really? availability has, uh, if you jump over to the website right now, I did it earlier today, you're just seeing pockets scattered across the cal- calendar, just opening up, just lighting up across the, uh, the <laughs> booking calendar. So I, I, cannot, I, I cannot even... I can't imagine that isn't something to do with the the very realistic, um, I guess, uh, I mean, issue that's going to be confronted with those who are interested in this and interested in the idea of this that they've been promising. Um, but yet when it came time to spend $6,000, have you seen enough to make you be willing to spend that kind of money? And the answer, I think, for a lot of folks has got to be no. And that's the thing. This isn't about it being too expensive. I actually think if they did a really immersive, incredible experience that's worth $6,000, you should charge $6,000. And if people are paying it, then you know you've succeeded, right? So I think mm-hmm. this, is where, this is where the rubber meets the road, the true measurement of whether or not this, they can pull this off or whether it is indeed as kind of, well, cheap-looking and limited as as it is for what they're asking for. Bruce, I haven't given you a chance, but like are, where are you on uh, Galactic Star Cruiser after this and recent and recent press and promo stuff that they've been releasing in the lead up? Well, now that you told me there's some availability, I'm making my reservation right now. There we go. Uh, no, no. No, you have to call um, them. <laughs> do you really have to call? You yeah, can't do it online. I- no, because I started checking. Like our trip starts July seventh, and my initial thought was maybe we'd go the fifth mm-hmm. and do forty eight hours of that, and then do our regular trip uh, until I saw the prices. And uh, July fifth is available, but when you click on it, it says yes, but you have to call to confirm. Mm. So See, I guess they want your twenty percent. The problem is, I, like I'm on the website right now. Everything. There's there's no actual photos of anything. Well, and that's the except thing. for the food. Except for the food, and and that's and I, this goes back to the the even the recent press event. You know, in the lead up, bookings are open and they're getting past the window where people have to pay or cancel. But you still, we still have, I think, a fairly limited idea of what this is. Like, I so I, I went back yeah. to the Amy Ratcliffe's, um, who, when it comes to entertainment journalism, often of which depends on access to companies like Disney. Um, it's often hard to get a, a fair shake. It's often on the other side for people who aren't in access journalism to, to be more on like the opposite side and hate everything. It's hard to find anything that's like balanced these days. Amy's one of the uh, one of the folks that is most balanced. And I was, I was even went back to her November piece when she actually went and they tried out some of the experiences. 
So in a, so here straight from Amy, she says, in addition to interacting with characters, we participated in bridge training and lightsaber training. The former moved groups of playtest participants through various stations key to operating and protecting the ship. Lessons learned and training proved to be useful later in a later situation. And the bridge training with about 30 other guests involved pushing a lot of buttons at various stations, though I can appreciate the reason the training is helpful for story reasons. This aspect does feel a little repetitive. Lightsaber training. Sounds like smugglers run lightsaber training well this activity was quite unfinished we didn't get any context or story to go with the training so i can't say what it'll be like not beyond knowing that yes guests hold lightsabers and learn to block lasers with the lightsabers and we've seen some footage of that they released footage of josh tomorrow um Mm -hmm. which is basically sort of a fog machine shooting a laser out and you kind of move (laughs) your lightsaber to interrupt the laser that's shooting Mm -hmm. that's kind of where you land so i think this is a this is somebody who was by invitation asked at a friendly outlet you know a nerd outlet that covers disney park stuff all the time in a in a fair and neutral way if that's what we're seeing from from the likes of nerdist or ign that actually went there at the invitation of disney and ex- to experience it it just, i just wonder what your experience as an actual paying guest would be like are you not going to be disappointed if that's your experience Five thousand dollars for one training with a lightsaber and how to push buttons. Well, you the, that's it. The mm. buttons push. Well, the buttons are on the bridge, and the bridge. It's like it looks like Smuggler's Run, but like amped up. They have these big immersive screens, right? So it looks like the ship's under attack. But at the end of the day, you have these cool projection technology that mimics the bridge of a ship. But the bridge of that ship doesn't look like anything from Star Wars. Now that's okay. It doesn't have to be exactly uh, something to you know an exact ship. It doesn't have to be the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, but at least if, if if it reminded you of the Millennium Falcon, it would be helpful. And it's a, evocative of the universe. And so I I just find it fascinating, and I think we're really going to see the test when this opens. This I think this has the potential to to kind of be a little bit of a disaster in waiting. Well, and and here's where it goes back to something I said for a while, and I've got to leave in just a second. But, yeah. Uh, uh, here's what I said a while ago. I noticed that they did this in basically studios, one bedroom, and two bedrooms. Yes. The format that they built this thing in is essentially the same as a Disney Vacation Club villa. Mm-hmm. So what my belief is is that if the revenue starts to fall off, they can start to sell it as Vacation Club and start cashing in points for the experience and then mm. generate revenue that way. Yeah. So I think that they designed it that way as a hedge. Yeah. Well, and and I think that that's a fair point. And I think that's the way to it's going to be really fascinating to see if the most friendly outlets that normally cover Disney Parks news, the more mainstream, Nerdist, EW, um, IGN, those types actually start to turn on this thing and, and, and it starts receiving consistent negative coverage. That's exactly what I think is going to happen. Right now, that still hasn't happened. But uh, hints to this headline from Entertainment Weekly, which literally came out yesterday. So I think in an attempt to break break new news to kind of interrupt the cycle of bad press that they've been getting, they released more info. They have, ready? Here's the headline from Entertainment Weekly. Disney World introduces new Star Wars character for epic Star Cruiser experience. Quote, this is not a hotel, exclamation point. AEW exclusively reveals Captain Keevan's role in a preview of the two-day Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser journey that weaves interconnected stories for multiple endings. 
And so they're they're but they're at it. They're trying, man. They they they're trying to interrupt the negative um negative news cycle and and they have quotes from Scott Trowbridge and all the typical expected Disney folk uh here. So I think they're they're going to they they've got to if they one of two things is happening. Either they really have invested a lot of money in the experience and there's a lot we still don't know and we should still reserve judgment. But if that's the case, if there's some really cool immersive stuff that you get to get to know, now's the time to show your cards, especially if people are canceling reservations. Because uh, just releasing videos of Josh tomorrow, uh, putting a lightsaber in front of a laser and the guy from the Goldberg saying wow a lot at a weird looking button bush, push buttons game like that's not going to cut it so scott i'll have you i'll have you uh, uh cap off uh before you have to roll out but i just i think what i'm asking you is cuz you're the biggest i think star wars fan slash disney parks fan in my life besides aaron goins and aaron's still reserving judgment and I want to see if you're still reserving judgment or if you've seen enough to be like, I don't think this is worth it anymore. Because you were thinking about going to this thing. Um, I, I don't know that I feel like it's going to be worth the price. And a lot of it also comes down to that analysis that Len Testa did where he said, you know, you've got this event, you've got this event. this, event. And if you look at the actual story beats that they work you in, uh, there may not be all that many and they may not last that long. Um I am still interested. I'm not one of those guys that never again, never in my life. I'm interested, but I'm not racing now to make it happen. Let's just say that. Yeah. I haven't lost interest. I am and and I do feel like if they start to if the revenue starts to dry up early in a couple of years, you may see this converted to DVC because who wouldn't want to buy into a Star Wars resort? Yeah. I, can I mean, see it. It, you're tapping into a whole group of people that would not normally put up five thousand bucks, but they may put up twenty thousand bucks or thirty thousand bucks over a period of time, you know, with a mortgage, so they can stay a few times every couple of years. Yeah. No, I could see that. I, I and I've read some coverage about expecting. Um, they released DVC prices initially for like using points to book the rooms, and it was a lot. But I could see those numbers being adjusted if they need to adjust them. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to remember right now it's not a DVC resort, and those are always higher points if they're not DVC resorts. Yeah. Um, but what has also happened is almost every resort in the on the property ha- is gradually acquiring a DVC component. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I'll cap off uh, this way. I I actually think the fundamental problem isn't the silly marketing, and it's fun to like make fun of it because it's silly. But I actually think the fundamental problem is the premise, because mm-hmm. to me. What they're trying to do is capture a market that is, that wants to experience a luxury, immersive resort experience. And that doesn't work with Star Wars. Because to me, all of the iconography of Star Wars and all the immersive elements of the Star Wars story are things like Jedi Knights, smugglers, bounty hunters, the underworld, rebel, hidden rebel bases... You know, snowy planets, swampy Dago by like all of the places you think. None of these evoke like luxury and like a beautiful spa. Like that's not a thing. They're, the only time you could, I can only think of actually two examples of luxury in Star Wars. One is like the Coruscant elite as, de- as depicted in the prequels. You get a few glimpses here and there, like at the opera. And then the other one is, of course, Canto Bite from The Last Jedi. And the, F- and the original Marvel Star Wars number 24, Silent Drifting. But. <laughs> 
Also that. Also that. So it, this, it, it, the, the kind of, the irony here is, of course, in-universe, the story of Star Wars points to opulence and luxury uh, in the context of, um, you know, cultural rot. And mm-hmm. uh, in the context of the real world, they're like, please give us your $6,000. You, too, can gamble at the, some, play some sabak at the table and be entertained by, well... By this lady. Feel the swell as the moon begins to rise above the tide. So here's a confession now. I kind of think this song slaps. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. So on that night, we're uh, on that note, we're singing Sky Rifen out of here. See ya. I'll do the plugs for you, man. Enjoy dinner. Take uh, welcome to the new world, sir. Thanks. There he is. Everybody, everybody. Scott Reif and everybody. There you are. Oh my gosh. I was just in there. The lights were low, and this performer just came out of nowhere. You just met Gaia. She was incredible. Let's get you back to the launch pod in your home planet. Sounds great. All right. Galactic Star Cruise. (laughs) Available right now. I don't. <coughs> oh gosh! Oh my gosh! I I should not be recording a podcast tonight. I my I might be dying, Bruce. I'm not even gonna lie. No, we'd rather hear you dying than not hear you at all. <laughs> is that is that a compliment? <laughs> is that a, <laughs> a what? A... It's it's trying to be one. Yeah. Oh gosh! Okay, <laughs> I want to hit a few rapid fire headlines. We got um, bring home the bounty, which is the. Uh, the lead up to the book of Boba Fett. They did a similar thing with the Mandalorian. Now it's called bring home the bounty, bring home the bounty.com. They're revealing products every uh, week. They're really re- revealing a slate of collectible, collectible products um, associated with the book of Boba Fett. Well, and the Mandalorian specifically, they, <laughs> they showed off the, um, the black series Boba Fett, which looks pretty good. I'm a, I'm a fan. But- but wait a second, I just went to the website because I hadn't seen any of this. And they're promoting you could win a trip to Galactic Star Cruise. No way. Oh, yes. God, let's enter. Let's do it. Come on. Now you could go without having to pay for it, Riley. Right? I'll pay for them. I'll pay for them. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I actually, you know what? The Probably the coolest thing they revealed. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. You can look at all the collect- collectibles this week. Um, the uh, Lucasfilm's uh, 50th anniversary Yoda fountain statue, Kota Bakia, uh, is honoring the 50th anniversary of Lucasfilm with a really nice little replica of the fountain, of which I finally went there and took a little picture by it uh, two years ago. I've got them. Um, I've got the, class- have the, the classic Yoda fountain picture. Of course, you, it's, it's the Instagram photo op. That's what you got you to do. You got to do it, post it on the Soch. Um, the That's other right. thing I wanted to, and I, I know you, Bruce, you have not watched the trailer for Star Wars Hunters that just came out this week. Have you? I have not. I knew it. I knew it. Well, my friend, uh, I'm going to play but this. I want to. I'm going to play this audio because they just released the gameplay trailer. This is the, um, Nintendo Switch and mobile game called Star Wars Hunters. We've covered it on the show before, but we've gotten our first gameplay look and it kind of looks pretty fun. I did. I didn't have high expectations, but uh, you guys can take a listen for yourself. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Back into the fray. Blasters up for the new republic. For the empire. Ah! 
Star Wars Hunters. Now we take you to one of the most high-tech sports arenas. So some pretty cringy voiceover. It's Slingshot! Ready to roll! Yeah. So Slingshot is a... So it's a bunch of like really interesting off-the-wall Star Wars character designs that play in this arena combat game. It's literally like Star Wars Gladiator Arena. You jump in as your Star Wars character and you, you have a grand old time. Cross the Wookiee. Jedi? Jedi droid. Utuni! Utuni, which is a, literally, <laughs> a Jawa, standing on top of a Jawa, like a comedy routine. <laughs> Check this Lena, just a very normal looking smuggler. Sentinel's like this souped-up stormtrooper, which is a pretty cool look. So you get to choose your hunter, and then play an epic four versus four battle. So it's kind of like, the gameplay reminds me of a miniaturized uh, battlefront. It really does. It's now or never! Let's see who wants it the most! So it is. It's coming 2022. They don't set a release date, but that is the game po- gameplay trailer. They have a full breakdown of each of the characters you can play as. It really just looks like a fun, more accessible mobile version of Battlefront. Honestly, is kind of what it looks like. Smaller scale, not as much, not as large of an arena that you would play in, but a small, hopefully multiplayer combat that you could play with your buds. So, Bruce, are you going to play this with me? Are you going to have a good time? Are you going to download this on your phone? I am for sure because just watching that trailer is so cool. See now that's how you sell Star Wars like that. <laughs> that I will do. It's like weird enough that I liked it. It was it was Star Wars, but like they embraced being kind of like um, like the Jedi droid is kind of interesting. Like probably the most interesting is Slingshot, which is a droidica, but that has been hacked and is being driven by a little tiny ugnot in the middle. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it Come has on. some whimsy to it. You know, whimsy, it's a little silly go. in a way, but that's like part of the game, right? That's that's what's going to be fun about it. Yeah, no, whimsy's the right word. I'm glad I'm glad you said that. I I, I am a big fan, and yes. I'm ready to go. Um, I'm going to eat a little more crow, Bruce, because I also wanted to touch base. Had to talk about the uh, Rogue Squadron news because last week I kind of wrote it off. I was talking about all the stuff that had been delayed or canceled or probably canceled i just kind of wrote off it's like there's no way it's like all these other things it's like it's like the ryan johnson trilogy that'll never happen or the game of thrones guys that'll never do their project but no deadlines reporting well two things about patty jenkins that she is no longer attached to direct cleopatra uh, which was her other big movie coming up besides wonder woman 3 and is instead focusing on wonder woman 3 exclusively and Rogue Squadron. So I guess, despite the reports of creative differences and stuff, um, Rogue Squadron's still on? Question mark. Oh wow! 
Wow. 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 Gosh. Gosh. I don't know. I, I'm so tired of movie news. <laughs> I mean, I never know something's happening or not. I just, I just go, okay, whatever. I mean, it, it may happen. It may not. I, I mean, it's not off the table. It, it's still there. It's just a matter of if it's actually going to happen or not. But, you know, they have to say action. As soon as they say action, then I believe we're going to see something. Yeah. But you know what? They said action to detours, and I'm still waiting. Well, that's true. That is true. That is true. Well, we are cl- coming up on the close of the show, and we were going to make this as like a whole last segment, but I realized we talked about it last week, so I, I just want to ask you, Bruce, as a parting shot today. It's been a bit of a hectic, crazy show. I don't have a voice. I have walking pneumonia. Uh, Galactic Star Cruiser is crashing and burning, and it's kind of a train wreck that's really fun to watch. It's been, a, it's been an interesting show, but let me ask you, Mr. Bruce Gibson. Uh, we're at the end of the year. It's that season. Uh, looking ahead, looking at 2022, I want to I want to know what you're most excited about uh, in the in the world of the of the Star Wars. Star Wars. Mm, I'm looking forward to that Obi Wan Kenobi series. I think that's okay. probably on the top of my list. Okay, top of the list. What part are you most looking forward to? Based on what we've heard, the, 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 begin, the beginning because <laughs> that's because it starts. <laughs> I know, just seeing the old cast together is yeah. exciting to me. Are yeah. you? Who never? You never would have thought that you'd see the prequel cast back together doing Star Wars again. Uh, never in a million years. I. It's yeah. the idea of Hayden Christensen coming back to Star Wars. I kind of love oh, it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think. I think I'm with you as far as shows go. That's got to be it. If I were to pick like a maybe a non TV show thing, I'll, I'll I'll toss this in there. I think the um, this Kotor remake, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. I, I'm going to replay because I think Knights of the Old Republic. Listen, I'm not a big video game guy. I've played maybe a handful of role playing games in my entire life, but of those, Knights of the Old Republic is the greatest ever made. It's the goat of Star Wars games, so I can't wait to re-experience that story maybe on uh, the current generation of game consoles so that's going to be a good time Mm -hmm. Mr. Bruce Gibson tell the good people where they can find you on the internet I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex that's Admiral with the underline Rex and then I'm also on uh, Literary Treks occasionally and on Positively Trek nice that's where I am makes it nice and easy you can uh, keep up with us the show Email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash starwarsreports, wherever you want to go. Also, twitter.com slash starwarsreport. Just follow us there. We post show updates. You can keep up with us as we count down to our final 17 episodes of the Star Wars Report podcast. Until next time, guys, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast.
that's a show. <laughs> that's a show that needs that some editing, show. but it's a show. <laughs> um, I'm not in my, uh, I'm not on. Oh my gosh, I was just in there, the lights were low, and this performer just came out of nowhere. Wow. You just met-